This is Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report and Sports Business Classroom, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Colbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host today, Justin Williams. And you know, you know with my abandonment issues, I can barely run solo. So I had to bring a friend in today. And this friend is... He's the man who knows everything about NFTs. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not going to our website, prosportspodcasters.com, and you are not signing up for our lovely newsletter, which unfortunately, due to the changes and updates now, we'll be running somewhat less frequently, it's a whole debacle. We'll get into that later on, the semantics. But ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, the one who keeps me in check, Mr. Colbert Durand. Kobe, how you doing? Fantastic, Justin. How you doing today, buddy? Good. I found out that Wix only has like a cap now for how many emails we can send out. So it used to be like three kind of e-letters a month. Now it's like a maximum of people that can receive said email. So that's a a bit of a kick in the nards. That's a weird one. Yeah. So we're you, me, and Nia are gonna have to sit down and figure out what we're how we're gonna approach this. But that's a that's a tomorrow issue because we have a gentleman today. This guy. Oh my God. He's, he can talk about MMA. He can talk about sports. We were chit chatting before. Apparently he used to train for triathlons and you know, this guy just like runs the pro fluence sports, everything channel, whatever you want to call it. We'll get to that later. I'm teasing you a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrew Petcash. Andrew, how you doing? Fellas, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to uh, going wherever this leads. I'm uh, kind of shooting in the dark here a little bit. That's okay. I can, I can tell by the, uh, the boom in your voice is sound very, very excited to be here. Oh, yeah. Excited. <laughs> All right. So I'll let you pick. What do you want to start off talking about? I mean, I, I think a great natural intro is, I mean, who's winning the Super Bowl this Sunday? That's too easy. <laughs> too easy. You know what? Um, I think it's going to be, and I don't really watch NFL too, too often, or too, too much. I'm more of a CFL guy being Canadian, but uh, I heard Patrick Mahomes is banged up and the Kansas City Chiefs have no more weapons at their disposal. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. That's who I got to. Easy, easy money. I'm not a sports better, not a gambler, but if I was, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm throwing a lot on the Eagles. The big question, which is on everyone's mind in terms of the Super Bowl, is what is Rihanna's first song? Anyone, anyone got any? <laughs> I'm thinking she comes out with Umbrella. Yeah, that's a good guess, actually. That'd be worth putting money on, too. Right? There's like Umbrella, Gatorade for like the, the colors or whatever you can pick. Like the, it's, it's so interesting what you can bet on in the Super Bowl. It makes no sense to me. Well, that's why people say uh, it might be scripted. There's just too much suspicious things to bet on. Which Correct. was my, which was my <laughs> next point. I'm so happy you you kind of led with that. Wasn't there a leak just recently over what the actual outcome should be? Not like, sure. I think, on that. No, that I haven't heard. All right, I'm going to pass off to Kobe real quick. I'm going to see if I can pull up this information. So hold on, you brought up the the Super Bowl. So let's talk Mahomes and the ridiculous contract he has. Insane. Yeah. 550 million. Ten years. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So 
Hold on, hold on. So, what do you like? How how in depth are you when it comes to the knowledge of that contract? I mean, I know how much that contract is, but I know like all I know a lot of what he's doing with that money in terms of business and investing. I don't know like the real deep dive into the actual contract. Okay, so where's the money going? So he's doing a bunch of different things. Uh, he he owns thirty Whataburger franchises. That's like one of his big investments. He owns a stake in like almost every other Kansas City team. The Royals, uh, Sporting KC, and then the two women's soccer teams. Excuse, uh, you know, I not coming to the top of my head, but he owns you know four professional teams in Kansas City. And if they have an NBA team, you better believe Mahomes will be one of the first ones to scoop that up. And then he has a ton of other ones like Hyper Ice Whoop. Uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty easy for him to make make money with his money now. A hundred percent, right? And it's, I mean, you can afford to take risks when you got that kind of a contract behind you now this is more of a generalized question when it comes to contracts but if let's say someone's you know entering high school and they've got a number of sports they can pursue and they feel like they've got the athletic chops to become a professional athlete which sports they'd be going after if they want to make the money basketball it is basketball basketball is the most money by far but it's also like the hardest by statistical you know, if you look at the statistics, it's because it's now global. And so even if you look at a, actually in one of my newsletter posts tomorrow, I talk about only 853, I know it's specific, 853 kids that play high school football. I guess this is by class out of the 1.1 million will ever play in the NFL. It's yeah. like a 0.0001% chance basically to play in the NFL. Yeah, ridiculous. And bas- basketball, I looked at it, I'm still got to put the numbers, but it's like even lower. And, uh, really, yeah, it's, it's way lower and it's only accounting for America, the number. And so if you take that global, I mean, you can't, I mean, do you count the kid that plays basketball in Sudan? I think so. I think that counts. It's still competition. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's extremely hard. And, but, it, but in terms, if I could go back, cause I was a basketball player, got to college, but, um, I, I would play baseball. That's like statistically the easiest sport. Okay, so if you're like a sports contracts numbers guy, that sort of thing. How did you get into that? What led you to what you're doing today? Name, image, and likeness, honestly, because my 2021, I was I played basketball at Boston University. We made the NCAA tournament, got canceled because of uh, the whole you know whatever happened the last two years, <laughs> and uh, and basically it was come back for a fifth year, go play in Europe and or just build kind of a business around it and i was like you know what i'm gonna build a business i have a finance background i love sports nil athletes it's gonna become huge and it has and i've kind of grown into it and now there's a lot of people trying to kind of copy what i'm doing now which is which is interesting but kind of flattering because i think i'm a couple steps ahead of them but uh yeah it's uh it's a great time to be an athlete we could we can say that for sure a lot of money for for a lot of a lot of people in sports no it's about time right? It's really about time. The NCAA and the associated colleges were making a killing. And just for those of you that are listening, in case you aren't aware of NIL, it's name, image, and likeness of basically college athletes getting paid to play their sport and represent whichever college they're signed to. So what is your end of that? So there's a bunch of different angles, but essentially I've become in the middle of a lot of athletes or their business partners or agents, and then also companies building in the earlier stage sports space. 
Uh, so I'll have either projects or consulting with companies. So that's kind of where I fell in the middle, have other plans to do some other cool stuff down the line. But uh, it's it's really wild to see. And even for me, I mean, I, I, playing at Boston U, I probably wouldn't have made any if, if, well, probably made a little bit, but not much NIL money. But if you go to, like, for example, University of Pittsburgh, which is, I'm from Pittsburgh. I mean, these guys are making, and I say guys, because it's mainly what it is right now. They're making good money, like to play basketball, like even seventh, eighth guy on the bench. And it's all under the table. And, you know, probably people would contest me on that. But I know, I mean, I talk to these people. And uh, it's like, really, that kid's getting six, you know, six figures to play in five minutes a game. It's it's pretty wild. Um, so just spreading across the country now. So flat out, it's the Wild West right now when it comes to name, image, and likeness. Wild West. And the problem is the NCAA, they're hamstrung because if they try to make too many moves, the conferences, the big ones, the power fives, they'll just say, screw you, NCAA. We don't need you. We'll just create our own set of rules. And I could honestly still see that happening. But uh, we're going to find out a lot over the next few years. And the NCAA just hired a new president. Um, he was the governor of Massachusetts, I believe, uh, before this. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be interesting because Olympic sports, it, it, it could be, it, yeah, things could get crazy. Uh, I'm waiting to see how it all plays out. <laughs> right on. Right. So touching back on the, a couple things, the Patrick Mahomes investments. <clears throat> so he owns part owner, like he's a minority owner of the Kansas City Royals, sporting Kansas City, a pickleball team in Miami, Florida, and the Kansas City Current along with Whataburger. Those are his kind of major investments. So I didn't know pickleball was a thing, but this is specifically based in Miami. And I'm like, good, good on you, Patrick Mahomes, for making that uh, that investment. Uh, and to furthermore, the alleged scandal for the Super Bowl script, it's Kansas City Chiefs 34, Philadelphia Eagles 37 is the alleged what it's it should a, be. It's a lot of points. Exactly. And they're also saying it's uh, obviously 16 and 4 for Kansas City and then 17 and 3 for Philadelphia Eagles. But apparently this was released early 2023. So I guess like just before the two teams were set to clash or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It is. I mean, if you watch the NBA documentary of, was it Tim Donahue or Donahue, the, the NBA ref and that whole, I mean, it was really like, you kind of see like the NBA was like telling refs to like not call fouls on certain guys or don't call traveling. <laughs> yep. and it's like, okay. Like, I mean, that does have a huge impact. I mean, those two points or that one play, it's like the butterfly effect, right? You know, one th- small event in history can change history forever. It's like, well, one small thing in a basketball game can definitely change the outcome of uh, oh, 100%. that. But like to say the whole thing, I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be really hard. I mean, just for a lot of that stuff, but it, it's a it's a fun conversation to have. And, and I'm sure there are some sketchy things that happen. There's too much money at stake. Oh, legit. We So here we bet like a dollar at a time. So pro sports podcasters, we have a thing where it says bet what you can afford to lose. That's just our motto. That's our mantra. So we, we put our money where our mouth is and we bet a dollar at a time for certain events. This is one of those events I would highlight and just put a dollar on. Because worst case scenario is I lose. Best case scenario, I have now have bragging rights for <laughs> yeah. quite a few many years. But to further that point about um, the NFL being a little rigged or sporting events, uh, I believe what's his name, Aaron Foster, came out and said recently that there was a that the NFL is rigged or something for a former NFL player. Yeah, I saw that. Someone he came out and said he had to sign all these agreements or something, but. I don't know. The, the problem with a lot of this stuff, and you see it in, in just traditional me, uh, media or news, is like they'll have people say wild outlandish stuff to kind of like throw everyone off path. 
So you never know, like if it was like, you would actually have people say crazy stuff. So then it, it like dilutes it. Um, so we will never actually know. Which exactly. So between that and then also the, um, the leaked script of what the final should be at the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm buying it. I feel like this could be hyped. This would be great publicity for betting companies too, right? This could all just be some behind the scenes string pulling that just gets people to bet more. Like, yes. like I said, legit, honestly, Kobe, 100% because Vegas also has to recoup a lot from COVID. This is a great way of doing this. And if you guys don't mind, I'd like to kind of switch gears to MMA if, if we're all cool with that. Go ahead. Brilliant. Um, so you, you typically f- follow one FC, but do you also follow UFC as well? Uh, a little bit. I'm, I'm not too much into the MMA game, but I know a, a little bit. Okay. So this next question might be a little mute, but also I just kind of want your professional opinion on this. Uh, we're, we're seeing the fall now of a lot of great MMA fighters, whether that be from Derek Lewis, uh, Tony Ferguson, El Kakui, and just... Um, I mean, you can argue Conor McGregor too, because he hasn't mm-hmm. won anything in like five years. Do you feel like now in, in modern day MMA, specifically in UFC, that there is a change of the guard happening? I think actually the most interesting thing for me is like, is MMA just actually fighting sports? Like, isn't it kind of wild that they still exist? Like we, like the NFL is trying mm-hmm. to get rid of concussions, but meanwhile, you can go right to like the UFC or MMA and you have guys that are like beating each other's faces in, trying to kill each other. Um but yeah, I, I think I think there's definitely a major there's a major transition, honestly, in a lot of sports. I mean, you even look at tennis, like Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, like they're all kind of leaving mm-hmm. football. You have Rogers at the end of his, Brady gone, um, and it's like this new ushering. And I guess that plays right back into the old thing of like the script of like, oh, the old guys are done, we're done, we've maxed them out. Let's get the new the new you know storylines to to go after, and and it's the same thing. And what you're talking about, like. And I, I would agree. I think McGregor is kind of part of that. I saw, isn't he, he has another fight coming up or something. I, I saw something in, in the news lately about that. Yeah, him versus Michael Chandler, which would be a very fun. Because Michael Chandler is kind of, uh, he's a gatekeeper as well, but he's more of like a top five gatekeeper. Like if you can get past him, you're part of the top five, arguably mm-hmm. top 10, Kobe. I don't know if you want to back me up on this or fight me on it. Um, Kobe's the one who turned me on to, to UFC, like <laughs> MMA. So if I say something that's not right, he'll, he'll correct me. <laughs> Um, how am I doing, Sensei? But um, with that going forward, I do feel like, yeah, uh, McGregor is his own kind of character in the sense that he's butchered his career uh, for his for notoriety and fame. Like he he's done some questionable things, and he, I, I think MMA is the last thing on his mind. And I think it's just a, a clear paycheck for a better investment, personally. So I don't know if he really cares about these fights anymore. Yeah, and something you see too, which was interesting to me, is he announced the the new fight. Right, I think mm. it was like a day or two before he also announced like a new flavor for his twelve whiskey or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and so you see yeah. these athletes do these like timing things. And they have really smart publicity, PR people, media people, marketing. Um, Naomi Osaka did the same thing a couple of years ago. She, you know, she quit mid uh, mid major in the middle of a mm. match and just left. And she was like, "Oh, mental health, all this." Yeah, like literally two days later her documentary and her book came out. And it's like, really, did she really, was she really going through stuff or was it the money that much more worth it to her to just mm-hmm. leave that match, create all that publicity and blood, buzz, and then use that to sell the book and the, get people to watch the documentary? I would lean towards that, but it's interesting, right? Sports is about entertainment at the end of the day and and I can't really blame the athletes. It's kind of, you know, hate the game, not the player type scenario with, with a lot of this, you know, MMA, UFC type stuff as well. You are a thousand percent correct. 
Yeah, Andrew, you mentioned earlier about how, you know, the big conferences can pretty much turn their backs on the NCAA and start their own thing. How is NIL sort of – how is it messed up recruitment, to put it mildly? Oh, it screwed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can swear on here, but, I mean, no. it screwed the shit out of it. Like, it, it's just straight railing it um, because the problem is every all the coaches go, okay – there's all these kids in the transfer portal. I can either take them, pay them a little bit of money. I know what I'm getting. They played in college for two or three years. Or I can go get some 18-year-old that I have no clue how he's going to adjust, if he's going to actually – if his game or her game is going to translate. And uh, they're just going, yeah, I'm going to look at the transfer portal. And that's what's happening. So to be a high school athlete right now, like, really sucks. Like, it, it honestly does. Right? It's brutal. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Like, I felt bad for my youngest brother. So me, I'm the oldest. I played Division One at Boston University. My middle brother, Dan, he's a senior at Binghamton playing D1. And then my youngest brother, he definitely, I think he could have done it. But, uh, like, the whole, you know, 2020 happened. And then coaches were just, like, not looking at high school kids at all. And uh, he was just like, screw it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to try. But uh, it's just like even at even at BU where I played, the coaches I still talk to them. Their rule when I came in, they always said, "Oh, we'd never take transfers again." And now this year, it's all they're going for. It's like, well, yeah, because transfers <laughs> a new high school athlete. That's right. That's right. Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. Collect and trade officially licensed digital player cards with other fans in our open marketplace. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. So Rare is a game that you can play this season and the next and the next and the next. It's almost like a, a dynasty spin on fantasy. It's available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football, the world game. So what are you waiting for? Get involved. Get in the game. Get some cards have some fun oh did i tell you it's free by the way you just sign up create an account and then you can start playing and if you want to purchase some limited rare or unique cards you can do that too but at a base level this is really just a free fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports because process podcasters we know our thing but so rare is a chance to go up against us and see who really is the smartest in the room so hit the link in the show notes and we'll see you on so rare own your game which programs do you think have adapted best to nil are you talking give me like a sport specific like football basketball let's, well, let's go, let, well you said basketball is like the one to target if you really want to make the money so let's go with basketball yeah i mean there's a bunch of schools doing interesting things i would say Pitt did a great job and i'm a Pitt fan but their whole team is made up of transfers and they had to, uh, Beheim, Jim Beheim, the coach of Syracuse, came out and said, oh, Pitt paid for his team, which is funny because all these guys are paying for their team. So it's That's all right. them just like <laughs> bickering at each other. Even even the Syracuse, they have an alumni, a donor, Adam Weitzman. He, he brought Jalen Hurts to a game, paid Jalen Hurts to go to a game with recruits for basketball. And the four-star that was with there, he like committed. So I guess they did get a high school kid. But they literally had to bring Jalen Hurts and pay him. <laughs> and they're paying. So why is Beheim saying anything? Like, look at what's going on at his games. But – uh Anyway, Pitt, Pitt did a great job. I mean, they're 10-3 and three in the ACC. They're going to make the tournament. But their whole team, like every single starter, is a transfer. So they did a nice job. And, and there's a bunch of schools, but but I think that's a good enough example. Okay, cool. I uh, 
I don't know much about the whole transfer scene, but talking to you, I'm kind of very interested in learning a little more about how that's all happening and then what's transpiring oh, it's wild. behind. There's so many funny stories that I hear. And uh, because like there, there's a lot of lawyers in the space right now and it's, it's good and bad, but the problem is like they act like it's so buttoned up and then I'll hear like what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm like, do you really not know what's going on? Like at your school, like they think they're signing an NIL deal with a kid and helping him. And it's like, yeah, no, his parents, like the donor just bought his parents a brand new car and all this stuff. So it's like just all out in the light now and no one cares because they're just like, oh, it was for NIL. He did a social media post. Okay, yep, you're good. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's why you're seeing coaching legends kind of dip out. And I don't blame them. Like Jay Wright, uh, Shashevsky, they're like, I'm not dealing with this shit. And I don't blame them. It's tough. But uh, it's cool to see like Nick Saban and some of these guys just adjust and figure it out and also tell guys like, I mean, literally Saban, I think it was like a week ago, it was like some kid asked me for $500,000 and I opened the door and told him, you know, see ya. Because it's like you got to earn it. Um, so we'll see. I think the market values will adjust over the next few years as well. And and uh, yeah, we'll see what the, the legislation looks like. Perfect. I mean, people will follow you on social media, which we will plug at the end of this, at the end of the session. Uh, so they can follow you and kind of keep up with all that fun behind the scenes jazz when it comes to the new world order of basketball and high school students and college students and transfers and all that fun jazz. Um, tuning to 1FC real quick, are you excited for uh, May 5th, Johnson's fight, Demetrius Johnson? See, I follow too many fighting accounts on uh, on Twitter. So I'm, anytime there's a fight, I think I have a problem where I just like watching fights. So of course I'm excited. Anything that's, you know, talented, talented matchup, has hype around it, buzz. You know, you can you can get with the boys, have have some beers or whatever, and, and watch it. I'm always I'm always excited for. So it's a problem, but it, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> well, I was gonna say because I like I said I came into uh, <clears throat> MMA kind of late in this for this for this era, I should say. I feel like I really came in at the passing of the guard moment for most of these. Um, but Kobe was telling me he's like, man, you really should have watched Demetrius Johnson in his prime. He was like <laughs> fucking people up, and I was like, cool. And then I'm watching him fuck people up over it in one FC, and Kobe's like, yeah, okay, you can still kind of watch him do his thing. But like, imagine that when he was like younger at UFC level, and I was like, cool. So I, I like, I'm excited because I get to watch Demetrius Johnson, essentially a living legend, fuck people up, and he's still doing it at such a like an arguably great rate. Like he was talking to Joe Rogan about it, and he goes. I feel like I have the same energy as I did when I was in my 20s, but now I have the calculated malice of a veteran. And he goes, and that puts me in a whole different category. So I think he's unstoppable for the most part. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to lose a title or if he's going to relinquish it. What, what say you? Yeah, I don't know. I did see something about uh, Demetrius Johnson that was interesting. He was talking about, and this would say I kind of focus a little more on the business side of sports, but he was talking about how he's like barely made any money throughout his career because yeah. of just all kinds of things and he was like he was having title matches and he was making like fourteen thousand only um so you can see why some of these guys get pissed at like conor mcgregor and them um <laughs> i would want to beat the shit out of them too it's like wow this guy's making all this money and he's not even you know i'm winning all these matches so i think I, there's a, definitely a problem um in the the pay structure of the fighting scene for sure yeah i mean there is and i mean that's why we enjoy pfl for the opposite well not the opposite reason, but I mean, if you win, you get a million dollars. If you lose, it's still in the hundreds of thousands in the finals. So it's like win, lose, or draw. As long as you essentially are in the tournament, you get a, a healthy pay. And that's 
respectable and admirable. And, and I think Bellator and PFL are kind of putting pressure on uh, UFC, especially with Francis Ngannou and yeah. Nate Diaz and everyone who are now opting to be free agents. I think this is absolutely yeah, competition's Astounding. good, man. It's good for sports leagues. It's good for sports as a whole. Who it's good for the most is the athletes. I mean, you see it with Live Golf. The golfers mm-hmm. are like, screw some of them are like, screw the PGA. Of course I'm gonna take this hundred million dollar contract to do what I love and not <laughs> have to worry show, about going and winning events. Up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, but I mean I mean, think about it. Patrick Mahomes is getting the same thing to show up. So it's like the same type thing, and it's all around creating the team ownership angle as well so that there's also a side play at hand too you see it at live i'm interested to see if they can do it in fighting um but they essentially like there's teams in the golf for live mm-hmm. for live golf the saudi arabian league for anyone not familiar and uh like some of the players and then there's owners of the teams and so it's all like can you increase the valuation of the teams and you play pay a players a salary so uh it's an, it's interesting. I think we're gonna see a lot of more a lot more sports switch towards it, and pickleball is doing that model of all the teams. That's how Patrick Mahomes owns a pickleball team, right? There's yeah. individuals that play on that team, but it's like let's pay them a salary and not let so they don't have to worry about going and winning. They can just focus on getting better and whatever it takes. I don't know. It, it's definitely an interesting uh, trend in sports that's popped up over the last two years. It is, and I am all about it. So you brought up Liv, of which I'm not that big a fan of, to be entirely honest. But that's why I passed it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> not not a fan, but uh, obviously you're a fan of golf, Andrew. I am a fan of golf, and I'm I'm indifferent on Liv. Like I, I think any league, any sports, there's going to be problems. Nothing's going to be perfect. I mean, I don't like the Saudis all being in it and just washing money. But also, I mean, it's cool for some of the golfers. I mean, think about if you're a, you're an 18, okay, I'll actually push it back. You're a 22-year-old golfer. You're coming out of college. It's like go play in the PGA and hope you win. And you're actually might lose money based on travel expenses and all that. Yeah. Or, you know, take a couple million dollars from live and, uh, you know, hope to get better, get better, still can go get endorsements and, and you're still getting prize money. So, I mean, does that model make sense? Like, not really. Like, so I don't think it will last forever, but... It, it makes more sense and hopefully at least pushes the PGA in the right lane to say, yeah, you should give the players some more. You make a lot of money. You can spread it out. And without the golfers, you're nothing. So, oh, yeah. No, the fallout will work. The fallout from Live Golf Tour will definitely improve things on the PGA side of things, which is good. So that's why I also wonder, and maybe my mind, my conspiracy type mind just thinks this way a little bit, but uh, – <laughs> like how much of a chess move would this have been if the PGA like secretly set up and they're just getting the Saudis to like kind of wash out their older talent from the PGA <laughs> and then eventually they'll you know they're just going to like bankrupt them and then the Saudis are just going to be screwed but they like improve the game um you know what I'm saying like someone like in a secret op within the PGA like they're like man the PGA could be doing so much better so they kind of went and did this with live to make it better that would be that would be wild like tiger woods is like secretly behind all this um <laughs> but uh i don't know that'd be wild i just like to i like to i get like to daydream sometimes i guess do you golf andrew i do golf yeah in the summer it's i'm from pittsburgh so unfortunately don't don't golf too much this time of year well we're north of the border right we're in canada so your season's probably longer than ours <laughs> but what's your, bit, what's, yeah. your, what's your handicap it's right around town, so I'm trying to get under the single. Oh into the single shit! Digits. Oh, you're good. You're good. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I, I used to my big sports growing up were golf, baseball, and basketball, and then like golf dipped off to just baseball and basketball, and then 
bas- or baseball dipped off into just basketball. And then now I'm taking it back through and just, just focusing on golf a little bit. But, uh, man, I, I sometimes be like, man, I should have, I should have just stuck with golf or baseball. I mean, I'm, I'm a six, four light skinned kid. Like, uh, you know, my, I'm pretty pale. So my chances of playing in the, the basketball or football arena were, were lower. So I should have kind of focused on some of the other ones. Yeah. I got, I got into golf late, but I'm a golf fanatic. I cover the LPGA and the LET to a certain extent, but, uh, I'm around a 17 now. After, okay. you know, and that's like, that's like seven years, but of course you got three COVID years in there. So it's like, and it's Canadian seasons, which you understand. So it's like, it's like three. Yeah. You don't <laughs> have much. Right? You know what I mean? It's not, it's not much at all, but I'm dedicated. So for golf, I usually <laughs> get like, I usually get April, May, April, May, June, July, August, September, some October. So pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. So you get half, you get half a year, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. basically. But I usually don't start to, yeah, like I usually from Masters to, to the fall. Like as soon as I watch the Masters, I'm like, all right, I got to get on the course. And then I usually play my best and then I play good early, then I get worse and then I start to get better around July and then it just get then it just falls off at the end of the, towards the fall. And then I say, I hate golf. And then by the time it comes all around, I love it again. So it's a funny <laughs> sport. You got to pick for the Masters? Um... I don't yet. I haven't looked into it too much, but um, I'm a big, I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan. Um, okay. So I'd love to see him him get it, but uh, I don't have a pick. This it's, it's I don't know. I haven't I haven't paid attention. I only really pay attention once the Masters starts, um, and then I kind of be like, okay, I think this guy's playing well. He might win the the U.S. Open or whatever. Right, fair enough. I mean, again, I also don't watch golf as as much as I should, but. Uh, I enjoy the handicap talk. I mean, I don't understand what it really means to be a nine under, but I hear that's really good. <laughs> I don't get it. I thought like the higher the better, but I guess I guess I'm wrong. So can you explain it to me and all the other fans who don't understand? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll explain the simplest form of golf, which is the funniest thing. The goal of golf is to play the least amount of golf. So the better you're doing, the less shots you're hitting. Um, <laughs> the more but, uh, super stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but essentially, a handicap is. If you're a scratch golfer, um, it's like a zero. Essentially, you're gonna you're gonna par every hole, and then as you go up mm-hmm. higher, so like for me, ten, I'm gonna shoot a roughly ten over or whatever. That's just, and I don't know. I'm sure there's some little other formulas or or variants in there, but but essentially, the higher your handicap, the worse you're playing. Um, and I don't know how they calculate it, but it, it gets funky. Like you do events. Like sometimes the real good golfers want to play with people like me. Um, or Kobe because we have a little bit higher of a handicap, so we get strokes off. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it's a it's a funny game. Sometimes it it pays to be okay, like not to be the best, but not to be the worst. It's like it's not bad to be okay at golf. That is great. I was told one time it's like if you want to make a lot of money, you should uh, you should play golf because you can be fiftieth and still make good money. So fair. I mean, that's fair. Before we get you out of here, boss, uh, we're going to ask you a couple simple questions, a little on the sillier side to kind of just relax a little bit. Um, have you ever had a poutine before? I don't know. I don't think so. The word's not, not ringing a bell. So in Canada, it's a, a dish where it's fries, cheese curds, and gravy. It's a, I don't it's think a very so. basic version. Okay. Well, yeah. I recommend trying it. Kobe likes to add bacon to his. Sounds really good. 
The calories are immense. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like. I mean, I've definitely had I've definitely had a lot of fries and and ketchup and cheese on them, and you know, like chili chili cheese fries. But uh, it sounds similar to that. Maybe I don't know. It sounds good. It's uh, it, it very similar to chili cheese fries. Actually, well, I think on. New the, Yorkers the, call the, melt, the melted cheese curds is key, though. It's key. Yeah, that's that's the key part. But uh, how do you spell? It's it? apparently poutine. P o u i. No, T- no. Sorry, P O U T I N E. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah. That looks good. Looks very good. Yeah. You can get pull park on that if you want. It's game changer. Why is this Canadian? Like, why did they lay claim to this? Why do you guys have, have the rights to it? In, it was invented or at least made famous in Montreal. Yeah, that's where it started. So, hmm. it's an interesting combination. It looks good, though to try it's uh if you don't have cheese curds shredded cheese will work decently well as a substitute just not the same though i'm thinking i have to try this in canada though like i feel like it's not something you you play around with at home it's like nah, <laughs> you, you gotta get the real deal well in that case i also recommend you try a beaver tail wait i think i have had this this is uh so i mean i went to bu so i knew a lot of hockey players mm-hmm. and obviously most of them are canadian this is is this like some like it's like a candy stick or is it something different? It's not really a candy stick, but it's um, – Kobe, how would you describe it? I want to say it's dough. It's, it's like, like a smashed pastry. It's it's, deep, <laughs> it's basically deep fried dough that's pretty large, like the size of a plate, if you will. Interesting. No, this is different. Uh, there's something else, something tail that uh, I know one of the girls on the hockey team, she was from Vancouver and she'd always bring them and they were so good. It was like a candy and it was only in Canada. I don't know why I can't think of it, but – well, they always hit the spot. I've I've never heard of this alleged candy. I want to try it. I'll have to ask her, but which will be too late. But no, that's fair. It's we we you have our contact information, and I will make sure I follow you on your socials. And if you can tell the fans what that is, that'd be great. Yep, it's uh, at Andrew Peckash on everything. Um, that's Pet and Cash put together. Pretty pretty simple. What is that last name? Is it like Irish or? <laughs> that's a good question. Now it's Polish. Oh, interesting. it's maybe maybe Czech. I don't know. I'm I'm a mix of uh, my ancestors are Polish, German, and Czechoslovakian. So one of those three. So somewhere in Europe. Well, you know what? That's totally okay. What? I can't follow you on. I but, can't follow you apparently. But oh. an interesting stat, uh, or not stat, just little thing about my name is actually my grandma when she came over from. Poland or Slovakia or wherever, she, uh, it used to be spelled with a K, so P-E-T-K-A-S-H. And then she switched it to a C to be more American. And uh, she also then, she also got arrested for moonshine. So, you know, she uh, was an interesting lady for sure. Very cool though. My God, arrested for moonshine. Appreciate you guys having me on. Let me know if you have any questions or like what you guys are doing. And, and that was a that was a fun little different conversation um, for me. So, so it's always good. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience.
where no sport is left behind.